Imperial Imperial College London, this is Movecast. Hi, uh, welcome to Movecast. Um, on this latest episode, what we're going to look at is um, due to lockdown, we know a lot of people are doing a lot of running. Um, you know, there's a lot of 5Ks and 10Ks out there. So today we're just going to look at how to start from going from your couch to actually running your five, first 5K or your first 10K. So today you're joined by me, Gary. I'm the Active License Supervisor. We have Benjamin Britton, our advisor. And today we have a special guest with us. So we have Ash. Um, just to kick us off, because you, 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 everyone that listens to this podcast knows who me and Ben are. Uh, Ash, do you, you want to give yourself a little introduction, let the people know who you are and what you do? Yeah, thank, uh, thanks for having me as well, guys. Um, it's really, really good to be on the podcast and have a chat with you guys. Um, so I'm Ash Harrell. Um, I'm a former GB international cross-country runner, and um, I, I'm currently sponsored by uh, Socony, and I have been for a numerous amount of years. And I've, I've sort of spent, you know, maybe the best part of, of 10, 10, 12 years running at sort of the highest level. Um, so just sort of a little bit of a background about myself and how I sort of got into into running. Um, at school, I, I used to predominantly sort of play football and rugby. Never really sort of thought much about running, to be honest with you. And um, my teacher sort of pushed me into it, which I didn't really want to do. And I, you know, went to, uh, I think I ran for the, the county champs and, and did quite well. And from there sort of onwards, um, when I was about 15, 16, I sort of progressed quite well and took up the sport a little bit more seriously. It kind of led on to me going um, to university. So I went to St. Mary's University, which is basically the um, the endur- endurance hub. So all of the top athletes across the country go to St. Mary's because it's the best place to go. Um, obviously, whilst I was studying for my degree, so I did a sports science and strength conditioning degree whilst I was there. Um, when I was there, it was when my running really sort of took off actually, and I started to run internationally. So I started running for England as a junior, um, over cross country and then things progressed even further. And I started, you know, I made the team to run at the European cross country championships, um, for Great Britain. And I, I managed to do that sort of over two or three different occasions um, and I finished 29th at the Europeans. So that was a, kind of a highlight of my career. And from there, I got scouted um, to go to America. So I had a full sports scholarship where I went to, to run in America, um, again, for predominantly for running. And I got my master's whilst I was there as well. So uh, that was a bonus whilst I was there. And since I kind of come back from America, which was in 2014, I kind of um, had to get a job like everyone else and couldn't train full time anymore, which, um, it, it, you know, it's, it's life. But um, yeah, I've kind of settled into working. Um, so I'm a full time landscaper, but I'm also a online running coach as well. Um, so I do quite a bit of coaching. Um, I coach sort of over 20 athletes, um, helping people reach their potential and the goals that they want to reach. Um, I do still run um, to a fairly high level. Um, still trying to run sort of half marathons and marathons, um, sort of running 228 to 230 at the moment. So still running at a very exceptional level. Um, and yeah, f- from there, really, it's that's kind of like a little bit of a background um, of my kind of running and sort of into my early sort of coaching years, really. Mm. So 
Well, question for you though: what, what what drew you into the sport? Though, what what did you find that you you know you said that your your your, your teacher asked you to do it? Like, what what kept you there? What what was the thing that I don't know you fell in love with that you thought, oh, this is something I want to do? Um, do you know what? It's a really good question actually because I've never really it's not you don't really think about it too much because oh, that was so long ago now but <laughs> I guess um where where I was playing sort of football and rugby um I, I suppose I couldn't see myself going that far in the sport and when I got kind of pushed into the cross-country team at school I was automatically like running county level and you know I wasn't I weren't playing county level football or rugby and you know, it only took sort of like six months and I was already running at such a high level. And I thought, actually, you know, if I've only been doing the sport, you know, for such a short period, then potentially like I could, you know, do quite well. And, you know, obviously I've had such a good career. And if I hadn't have taken that sort of jump or been pushed into it, I'd probably still be playing football now. And I would never know, you know, how, how far how far I could have gone um, within the running. So I guess that was, yeah, I think just making sort of huge gains like very early on and, and making the right decisions. So so what made you choose over there? So you started at uh, cross country and then now is it, is it marathons that, that you're more special, long distance that you're more specialised in? Yeah, so I think as I've kind of got older um, and sort of progressed through the age groups. So when I first started running, I predominantly ran sort of cross country in the winter and then track in the summer. Um, I never really considered road racing as as a race, but just purely because I was interested in cross country and track. And then as I've kind of matured and gone through the age groups um, and my body doesn't allow me to sort of run <laughs> fast on the track anymore. So I kind of have to listen to my body a little bit. And um, it, it, even so with the cross country as well, with like doing all the hill races and um, you know, where it's like throwing your, your cadence out and, and your balances. And, you know, you when you do a cross-country race now, um, you, you really notice the difference the next day. Like you're sore in places that you wouldn't normally be. Um, you know, when you do a road race, it's just a flat, flat course. You're not like undulating or anything like that. So it, it's quite a big difference. But, yeah, I think, you know, as I've matured, you know, the, the road racing is de- is kind of the way forward for me now. <laughs> I think my track days are, are very much behind me. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I, I, me and Ben will probably agree. Like, so ben, Ben's a rugby player and, and I, I'm a former boxer. So, I mean, we've both done our, our fair share of running. I, I mean, they used to put me on 10Ks before I even got, you know, into into training. And I used to absolutely hate it. I hate the, I hate the road work. But like, so what? <laughs> just running in general. But what? Um. So what? What? What kind of? What's now? What's your kind of favorite race? And what's your, or or the favorite race you've done, or your favorite kind of distance that you like to do now? Um, I would say, um, favorite race for me, sort of, if I was to have to pick one, um, just purely like looking at my sort of my my running career, it would probably be the the Liverpool cross country um race so this is it's quite iconic for me because it's the first time that I made a Great Britain team um so that's one that kind of sticks out to me quite heavily um so it's European cross-country trials first six past the post as a senior and under 23 you basically get selected to run for Great Britain and you go to the European cross-country champs so for me that's probably my um sort of standout sort of favorite race everything clicked that it needs to on a day um, and then favourite distance, I would probably say 10k. Um, so 
uh, it used to be 10k on the track but i would much rather um run a 10k on the road right now yeah what would, would you find that obviously there's the difference in like um you know the landscape but what, what do you find difference between like the track and then running on the road is is there like a mass difference between like your your times or like your technique in running like would you prefer a track or would you prefer running on the road um bit of a strange question I know. It's, it's, it's a strange question but it's um if, if i was to take 10k for an example um there, there isn't a huge amount of 10k track races within the uk um yeah you know they're not that common um and if they are common they're they're quite high profile races anyway um which you know you get a really decent caliber of athlete there and i've only i've only run a couple of track 10ks and it running 25 laps is 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 really difficult but equally running 10k on the road is is equally as different because it's easy to sort of tick along on the track and sort of knock out you know say if you're running 90 second laps or 70 second laps it's just easy to sort of bounce along and just tick yeah. the laps off and and kind of keep your rhythm and your pace but when you're running on on the road it, it can tend to be a little bit harder and if you're not sort of tucked in with a group and you're on your own it it can be equally as hard if not harder because you know if, you, if you've got long straight and there's no one with within 200 meters of you it's mm. almost run it's a bit of a it's a mental challenge as well as it is a physical challenge yeah 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 but i guess, I guess in in a way on the track unless it must be a little bit easier because if you know like maybe your pacing you know exactly where you're going you're going obviously around in a circle where sometimes on a road you know the, the landscape so so much different yeah it is yeah and, and obviously with the track you, you've obviously got a, a lap counter down from from 25 laps and you know where you are on the road you only have sort of like 10 or 9k one markers so some of those k markers can feel like a drag if you you know like if it can an undulating k where there's you know say between six and seven k and you've got a hill that can really drag out and you know it you're looking at your watch thinking oh god's like i need it to be at the top of the hill now because i'm tired and i want the race to finish but you know with the with the track it you don't have that kind of emphasis of any hill or undulation so it, it, it's almost like a, a mental a battle on the track you you have to switch off you know like I think my coach always used to tell me you need to just sit in with a pack you get to like 8k and then the last five laps is when your race actually starts so you just need to switch off like if you look at the lap counter and you've got 17 laps to go it's it's a long way home so <laughs> 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 You know, now you've you've like you said at the beginning, like saying that you've you've kind of finished, or correct if I'm wrong, you you finished kind of racing professionally now. Now you're you're more coaching. Yes, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I I say I have I haven't completely finished, um, but I'm just not able to run at the highest level that I was. So, you know, I'm obviously a little bit older than I was sort of five six years ago. So, I think where my running will phase out slightly. Um, I, I kind of need something to fill the gap. So I kind of started up coaching business. And for me, if I can help people reach personal goals and help them reach, you know, their goals that they want to reach and, you know, run the personal best that they want to run, then I suppose that's a way of me getting the same satisfaction out of not being able to run as much and helping yeah. people, you know, achieve greatness, basically. 
I think I think that's always like a whenever you, you do a sport, I think that's always a, a natural transition. You go from like doing the sport yourself and then passing on your knowledge to other people when like like you said, you, you know, like we're we're all probably not Ben, but we're a little bit older. So <laughs> so like you get too a bit too old to compete, but you like you still you still want to do it. So the best next step is to pass on that knowledge to other people. Um of course. So this, this this is quite quite a broad uh, question though. So say we're going to talk talk now about how you would structure like your training session. So it's kind of a two part question. Yeah. So we're going to talk about how like number one, how would you structure? You know, if you knew that you had a race in uh, I don't know a, a month's time or two months time. Yeah. What would you you know what would you go for? And then after that, we we have a quick chat about. You know, if I was completely new to running, I've never run before. Yeah. I've literally got off the couch. What are the first steps I would do to uh, to maybe run a five k? And that's quite it's quite a broad, yeah, broad <laughs> question there. So yeah, that's fine. Um, so let's just say, typically, if I was to train for let's just to say a ten k, and my my build up could be like eight weeks. Um, yeah with the race being on the ninth week, let's say, well, I, a, a typical sort of training week for me would be, um, it's just, this say a seven day plan. So Monday would be sort of seven to eight miles worth of just like steady kind of running. Um, Tuesday would then be like a, a track interval session. So this would consist of sort of like two to three mile warm up, um, sort of followed by, mobility stretching um and then uh, running drills so for anyone that doesn't know much about running drills um these are like drills to help you uh, warm up before a training session so if you're not warmed up in the right way you're gonna tweak something that you shouldn't do um so stuff like high knees you know for people who are yeah. familiar with it and like ankle skips a skips b skips um this would kind of be followed by some strides before the session and then just an, an argument's sake um, interval session would be, let's say, 10 by a K on the track by off 60 seconds recovery. Um, and then two to three miles cool down. So that'd be my Tuesday. Wednesday would be sort of a medium long run. So anywhere between sort of 11 and 12 miles. Um, Thursday would be sometimes a rest, but sometimes it would be maybe again, seven or eight miles. Um, Friday would be if my, if my Thursday wasn't a rest, the Friday would be a rest. Um, Saturday would be something like another little kind of progression run um, or some more tempo based work. So that could be, let's say, a 10 mile run with a two mile warm up either side with like a six mile threshold run in, in the middle. Um, so just running at like marathon pace for what, whatever that that person may be, whatever that time be. And then on a Sunday would be your long run. So anywhere between sort of 13 and, and 16 miles uh, on a Sunday. So you're looking, for me personally, like I, I operate best off sort of 80 miles a week, 85 miles a week. Um, oh, so that's, that's, <laughs> that's quite a lot. Moved in like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, if, if I was marathon training, it would be more. Um, and the, the build-up would be probably 16 weeks as opposed to sort of 10 weeks for a 10K. Um so yeah, it, it obviously it depends what race you're running, um, and what you're targeting to how specific you want to be with it. With you know what types of training sessions you'll do within that build up. So 
I think that kind of <laughs> answers your your first question. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So, so in terms of like, so for a lot of people who are very amateur to the sport and you know very like to Gary, they're kind of brand new to it, going jumping straight in. Instead of going for because what quite an amateur person would have a view of it is going, okay, right, I'm going to run a marathon in a year. So do I just start doing one mile runs, then two mile runs, three mile runs? Do you recommend? So like you, like you just send your program there, is it better to actually have a varying amount of distances throughout the week to try and help build your tolerance to certain weights of running? I hope that's kind of... Okay. Yeah, I think there's there's obviously two ways of looking at it from, from beginner to obviously someone that runs like your, your typical club runner because um, they obviously they do the sessions and they do the long runs. But I think if you're new to running, um, you need to you need to go through the stresses and let your body adapt in the right way. So... You know, a, a lot of people have, since lockdown have started running and, you know, try to become that a lot healthier and help with mental well-being. And, you know, all it's all about fitness at the moment. It, it's kind of the, the in thing. So and I think there's probably quite a few people who have gone out there and done too much too soon. So mm-hmm. whether that be they've gone from running zero miles a week um, to, to say 20. And it's the same with people who are going out doing plenty of walking, you know, that it, it, it has the same kind of stresses, you know, if you've gone from doing nothing and having an office job every day and to run it, to walk in three or four miles a day, there's going to be aches and there's going to be stresses within the body, like what you haven't adapted to. So I think as a beginner, you need to look at um, certain plans, you know, a good one is, you know, if you've never ran before is couch to 5k, it gets you looking at like, um, I think you run three times a week or run, walk, three times a week and I think it's over seven weeks so you know that's a, that's a really good way for a beginner to to basically get to a benchmark 5k um, and beyond that you can then look for maybe better in your 5k so that just gets you to run in a 5k but then if you if you're running 5k in say 30 minutes you might then look at okay I want to run a 5k in in 25 minutes so okay what what processes do I need to do in order to get to that 25 minute barrier so you know, for, for for me, setting someone a 5K training plan who's probably a beginner, they'd probably do like maybe 10 to 15 miles a week. And and that might just be like like what Ben said, you know, there might be like a couple of two-mile runs in there or three-mile runs with just something a little bit quicker. Than even, it might only just be a couple of strides at the end of a run, but it just integrates that little bit of um, pace into their run and their weekly mileage. But it, you can't go from zero to... To 20 in like two weeks it, it, you have to let the body adapt in the right way and it has to you know let the stresses because ultimately if you you do too much too soon you get injured and then you can't run at all so um again i think i think that's all well, that's, uh, that's great no that's, that's perfect I, I think people really need to hear that um like you say so many people have gone from either office jobs or particularly our population of people either labs or students doing you know heaps of amount of assignment work exams and stuff and they've gone from zero to enough to a hundred Sometimes they're running extra activity, and obviously, at the moment, running is all that people can do, or that, or hit yeah. workout. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's really good for them to really address the balance. And then following on from that, especially again, looking at the amateur runner, you know, people you drive around, you walk around, and you see some horrendous running techniques of el- this is <laughs> horrendous technique in terms of elbows and knees flaying about, and things like that. What would you say in terms of again speaking for a beginner? Would you recommend them to try and keep, keep arms, arms and legs straight, or is it kind of like a an Andy Murray, Andy Murray's brother scenario where they change his technique because he wasn't really hitting the ball the right way? 
and then uh, he then wasn't as good a tennis player. Do you know, do you know what I'm trying to say in that, in that sense? Like, yeah, is, it, is there a similar way to do it, or is it just kind uh, of how it works? It's a, it's a really hard question, and the reason I say that is because I, I had to go through a process of regate training and changing the way that I that I run because I had a, a previous injury that kept me out for sort of two to three years, and I had to change my my running style, and it's very unnatural and. I guess when when people run, they just run to how they feel comfortable. So, and it doesn't, I mean, there's no right way of running. You know, it, it might be a bit unorthodox and it might not look pretty, but <laughs> I guess it, sometimes if you're a beginner and that's the way that they run and you're trying to feed them full of all this information of like, you know, technical like running drills and, you know, keeping your arms and your knees up and stuff like that, it, I, I I guess to the beginner, they, they probably don't need that information um, and, and, and until they, you know, if they was to carry the sport on and maybe get to sort of like club level and they're doing frequent sort of like five, 10 Ks like over the summer and then like building onto half marathons, then if they were getting quite good and but if equally they were getting like a few niggles, that would probably be the time to, to look at potentially a running style if if they're doing something in, in the incorrect way but I think for someone who's a, a novice and a complete beginner um, who potentially may not carry on the sport and do too much of it I think it's really difficult to overload them with all this information of how a running style should be um, because they probably would get a bit naffed off of it and not carry on with it to be honest with you <laughs> Fair enough. so slightly getting away from like the, the training aspect right so what what does your what does your off season look like? So when you're not, you know, obviously you're you're running at a consistent pace and you're you're in a, a a training block. When when you finish that block, what kind of things do you do? Do do you stop running completely or you carry on or what kind of things do you do off season? Um, so talking, yoga. From, talking from experience, if I was um, if I was doing a marathon and I'd done my 16 week marathon build up, I've raced. Um, I would then have. It, it, an off season as they say it would be like so I've only ever done a couple of marathons but even if like I get to the end of my track season or the end of my cross country season I take two weeks off between like a, a, a training phase because you know you, you've trained for let's say 16 18 20 weeks and you've raced several times in that build-up whatever um, you need to let the body recover you need to recuperate and you need to let the like let the mind like stimulate again and get the hunger back for it because you can be mentally tired by the time you get to that uh, end of that training phase as well. So I would I me personally I normally take two weeks off completely, and then I would probably spend sort of the next four to six weeks of just doing steady running. So I would build up my easy and my steady running. Um, I wouldn't do any sessions during this time. I wouldn't do any threshold running. I'd purely just do easy and steady running. I would concentrate on my conditioning work. So I would do um, some sort of like foot and ankle drills. I would do hip and glute conditioning. I would do plenty of foam rolling, stretching, just making sure my body's, you know, you know in, in the best form and condition that it can be. So when you start to integrate those like training sessions again, whether that be interval, hill sessions, progressions, tempo runs, your body's almost like as strong as it can be to tolerate the, the the load of the um the, the sessions again um so that's kind of like how i would build that and then again the training load would then go into another training phase whether target a race sort of eight weeks down the road and 
you then start integrating your sessions and and whatnot and you sort of like build towards that but I think the only time I take sort of the two-week breaks off is at the end of the season so if it's like a marathon or track season or if it's cross country but if I've got to the end of like a 10-week training plan and I'm just doing a 10k I would probably just do like four or five days easy running after that and then I'd start again and go up again I love how you say like an easy 10k and then me and Ben looking at each other like wow <laughs> we work up to that easy to start yeah <laughs> so just on that did you I mean you touched on it a little bit with that answer um, that you just gave there but do you do any other kind of training I uh, say so you, you said you do like from glute you know glute and hamstring work is there any do you do any anything else is there any strength training I know that's a, a taboo with runners isn't it like you don't yeah, wait. I mean, it's you either you either do it or you don't do it in terms of like strength and conditioning work and I, for me personally I've never been my body's never tolerated it too well um is it, it's never really sat that well with me I, I have done it um in my St Mary's days and my Lamar days in America like so we, we would do like our hard days were always really really hard so we'd do a tempo or an interval session in the morning but then in the afternoon we would make it even harder by doing our stomach conditioning um sessions so predominantly there'd be stuff like squats cleans deadlifts rdls you would be doing box jumps box drops you know all, all your typical kind of like strength conditioning type work but for me like with with the job that i do now and and all the coach i personally i don't have time to fit it in and it doesn't i like to do just like small and often so i do a lot of like band work and i do like i say the conditioning so i do foot and ankle drills i do Hip, hip and glute conditioning I do a lot of foam rolling I get I use like bands and I tend to do like circuit training or I do some hit workouts for me it's just about like doing something short and intensive over like sort of 15-20 minutes as opposed to doing like a really big sort of one to one and a half hours worth of pure strength because the the way that I sort of look at the load across the week that's more intensive to do that and I've probably got that in my legs for the next two or three days as opposed to doing maybe three lots of 15 to 20 minutes during the week and it fits better with me personally but that's not to say that you know other people can't do it um it, it's just for me personally it doesn't work <laughs> you, you feel like now you now you have that within your program because you you built that foundation up when you were St Mary's and, and more of that professional realm so would you say someone to kind of build up those foundations of strength Sounds like say squats, RDLs, dead stuff like that, and then once they get to a stage where they build their foundations, then to kind of ease off it a sec, ease off it, and focus on the miles and the uh, running in. Yeah, I mean it's always, I suppose you can look at doing that, it, doing the strength and condition pure work. You, you know, there's nothing to say that you can't do that in a in the start of a training like phase because actually like again it's it's helping your body adapt and you know making sure you're getting strong enough to be able to tolerate the training but it, it becomes really difficult when you're for most people that you know aren't full-time athletes um especially you know to fit five days of running or maybe six days of running in and strength conditioning and foam rolling and stretching and conditioning it's just too much for the ordinary person. It, it, most people who are beginners and, and just like club runners, they just want to get out and they just want to run. But there has to be a level of foam rolling and stretching because you, you still need to be able to tolerate the work. You're just going to get injured if not. But 
mm. adding all the other little things in, it just becomes too much time. Everyone's so busy with lifestyle, you know, people have kids and people are working longer hours and it's just, just trying to find time to fit it in. It doesn't always bode that well with sort of non-professional athletes. That's kind of my view on it anyway. <laughs> yeah, but it definitely transfers into other sports things like that. And I think what, what people's biggest problem is, is, you know, is comparison to the the people at the top, you know, the stars running the marathons in the best times, people yeah. competing in the 10K race, 10K race at the best time, stuff like that. It's just that comparison of, you know, they have that time to specialise in those areas, strength and conditioning work, et cetera, and you know, combine all those things into one where, me, the average Joe, can only can do a certain few sessions running, weights, you know, whatever. Um, is that following on, you know, for your comments talking about injuries, what would you say are the most common ones you'll find with running? You know, talking about your 80-mile weeks, that's that's a hell of a lot of impact on, on your body. So what, what do you do besides the phone run? Is there anything else that you can recommend to people to try and prevent the common injuries and ailments you get from running? Yeah, there's a couple of things that you can, you can uh, look at. So the first thing is potentially looking at regular massage so you know if you are running if you were you know a keen runner and you are running let's say between anywhere between 15 and say 50 miles you know i know it's a broad range but you know people's mileage can be quite broad but you know even simple things looking at like i say foam rolling and and uh, mobility stretching will get you so far that you can do it at home and if you can do that regular it will prevent injury but you know, you can always look at things like a massage gun or you can start to look at things like sports massage therapy, which is really, really useful. Now, it doesn't mean to say you have to have that every week, but it's always good to if you've if you've got access to it. You know, I would definitely have that maybe at least once every month to six weeks just to, you know, flush all of the scar tissue out of the muscles and just make sure that everything is is aligned in the right way. Um and then, you know, other things like you can do from home is like ice baths. <laughs> I know it, <laughs> it, it does help. Um, but there's another thing that you can do from home. Um, and just yeah, just look after your boss, just look after your body. You have to listen to your body. And if if you're tired, don't go out for a run. You know, an extra rest day isn't going to do you any harm. If you're running out, going out and running on tired legs and you get injured, you know, you'd have potentially thought, oh, maybe I didn't need that run. Um, so listen to your body. Um, make sure that your trainers don't go overdue. So most running most running trainers are sort of good for about 500 miles, maybe 600 at a push. Um, so if you're definitely at well over the 500 miles mark, I would definitely invest in a new pair of, of trainers. <laughs> um, and beyond that, you know, they, that's kind of like – it really i mean if you if you needed to go even further than that you can start to look at chiropractors you know to make them sure you're being realigned um but yeah you know there's simple things that you can do from home you know new trainers foam rolling sports massage you know they're all quite commonly used and, and they're, they're good things to use just to make sure that you are keeping your body intact and not getting injured uh, a quick question how, how, did, how did you find the the ice baths I remember when I used to train, that used to be the, the worst bit. We, we used to get like a big wheelie bin yeah. of water and ice outside the boxing gym and the boys used to just jump in. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's cold. It's, yeah, um, <laughs> it's not fun. It, you know what, it's, really, it's, it's colder when you do it at home. Um, and when I had access to it in America, so we had this big thing called the plunge pool. And Ooh, yeah. like, because you've got like American football team, which is 90 players, 
you know, this this ice bath can fit like 30 players in it. So, you know, our whole cross-country and athletics team, you know, we finish around and we get in, but <laughs> it's um, it, you're all sort of like cuddling up to each other, so it doesn't feel as cold. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, you can obviously do that. And if you had access to it and you had two wheelie bins, you could do contrast. So you could fill one <laughs> with the hot water and you can dip in between the hot and the cold, which is good because you end up like flushing all of the scar tissue and stuff through and then you stimulate it and then flush it through again. We're, thinking that we're all thinking about, because um, Leisha's obviously doing her marathon training, just having a, a wheelie bin full of ice outside Ethos. Yeah. Just throw in. Yeah, I mean, you're more than welcome. <laughs> you, 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 like, you get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> just don't tell us that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's fine um, okay so back on topic um, so uh, again you, you've answered most of this actually to be fair for the for this whole uh, podcast um, but just so what advice would you give to someone that's just starting out so do you know just imagine lockdowns I've suddenly realised lockdown's going to be over soon um, and I, and I realise I haven't done anything so I have to go to work and I think right now I want to start running uh, what, what what are the first steps? What's, what's the first things do you reckon you should look at? And that's quite a broad question. Yeah. Okay. Well, so the things that I would give three tips, kind of to start, and it's make sure you've got a decent pair of trainers. Just make sure that you've got something that's adequate enough for when you start training. Make sure you don't do too much too soon. So if you are going to start running, do it in a controlled manner in a controlled environment, and don't do your first week, right, I'm going to run Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday and then you're knackered by Saturday. Just integrate your training slowly. So whether that be free runs for the first week and you, you make sure you've got plenty of recovery in between each of those runs. And the main the main thing to actually remember is always listen to your body. If you are tired, rest. And if you are feeling okay, just monitor it because there's a lot of people out there, oh yeah, I feel all right, I'll do a couple of extra miles. But you get to that next day and then your body's like feeling shattered. Always like think of the process and always like think about the purpose and the logic of what you're actually doing. So if you are like using a training plan online or, you know, you, you are building up your training um, yourself, just look at the, look at a training, a training log. And if you are just doing three runs of three miles across the week, just make sure they're spaced out and just make sure that you're not like bulking too much load on load on like across each of the weeks. And it's just about being sensible of it. I think um, there's a lot of people out there and it isn't to say it's the wrong way, but obviously when someone starts something, everyone's really keen for it and we're all guilty of like overtraining, but it, you have to look at the bigger picture and you know, you have to set yourself little goals and little targets, but try not to reach them too quickly because you don't want to, overload yourself get injured and then kind of throw the towel in with with something that you're actually quite enjoying yeah it's not uh, yeah <laughs> pretty sound advice yeah, uh, so uh, anything anything else Any, anything else in closing uh, ben do you have any questions or is that uh, no, no I, I, that's been really uh, really insightful and uh, yeah incredible with your amount of running miles you do and where your career's been, um, you know, that's, yeah, pretty, I think this would be really valuable to uh, particularly a lot of our populace and people, and they really like the important key messages about listening to your body, resting, focusing on your mobility and stretching as well, making sure that you are, you are ready and right, not having, not push yourself too much in terms of 
impact on your body and stuff. So that's that's gonna be really key, I think. Yeah, it's really really insightful. Thanks for joining us, mate. Appreciate it. That's all right. Thanks for having me. So uh, where can people find you in terms of like the way to get in touch with your coaching, things like that? <laughs> Um, yeah, so if, if anyone's interested um, in, in anything, in any coaching related kind of questions, um, you can find me at AJH Coaching on Facebook or AJH.coaching on Instagram. Um, just shoot me a message or an email. Uh, my number's up on, on there as well. So, yeah, if there's anything you need um, answering or, you, you know, you, you've got a race and you want a training plan. Um, so we offer training plans so like 5k 10k half marathon marathons and then we do bespoke sort of like one-on-one coaching so you know this is kind of like ongoing coaching for people that are always running so yeah if you if you do need anything um just give us a, a message we've also got stuff like um rehab well not rehab but conditioning packages so all of the stuff that we've spoken about today so like soft tissue like foam rolling you know conditioning works like um, foot drills hip hip and glute conditioning um core stability um drills and stuff like that so yeah just shoot us a message and we'll give you a hand cool that's awesome okay guys so so thanks again for joining us uh, this has been movecast um hope to see you guys next week take care You can now find all of our episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and you can follow the Move Imperial team on Instagram at move.imperial and on Twitter at moveimperial. You can learn more about the services we offer at www.imperial.ac.uk forward slash sport.